Ladies and gentlemen, we've made it back for another week of your favorite podcast, The Grand Drive, sponsored by Purple Circle Magazine. If you've not seen it yet, our ad has came out. And it is Oh man, did I look good. Cole looked a little bit better than I did. Cole's got the whole picture, but but I got the eyes. I got the eyes. Cole, we missed a week. But we're gonna catch up. We're gonna do one today. We're gonna release it on a Saturday. We'll do another one Sunday. We'll have maybe two released next week. We've been busy, my man. Yeah, We've been sorry. Busy. We've been busy. What do you say? Sorry. They'll <laughs> get over. There- we we actually have lives. We we do have lives and jobs that require our attention every now and then. Uh, now I have a. Fresh baby that requires my attention because she likes me more than she likes her mother. Yay! Because the other one doesn't <laughs> like me very much. Uh, so uh, just so so everybody knows, you're in Sulphur, Louisiana. Uh, I'm in Sulphur, Louisiana. My cousin's wedding. I'm in. My wife is in Brownwood. My wife's yeah. in Brownwood showing pig because. She said showing pigs is more important than a wedding. Uh, yeah, maybe. But Hadley said, Hadley said, I don't know, Dad. I'd rather go show. Because if they really wanted me in the wedding, they would ask me to be the flower girl. <laughs> she yeah, said, she if they'd want me at the wedding, they'd ask me to be the flower girl. Uh, so I guess she had a point. Hey, she did good. They had a, you know, she's still a peewee. Nate. She went to that Tim Fulton Memorial and, uh, had two hundred and fifty dollars added to the Pee Wee plus the gate, so she won like three hundred bucks today in showmanship. So, I mean, I didn't make three hundred dollars when I was seven years old. Well, if I did, uh, we're so poor. My dad did. Today and last week, uh, she's racked up. <laughs> yeah, she had a good good week down there at Buffalo. We yes, went to sir. a little jackpot down there. Yeah. A good friend of mine put on and. Kids done very good. You got any quotes? You got any quotes this week? Uh, you know what? If you don't, I, do. I do. Good, I do. and I still got one too. You tell me yours, and then I'll get nope, to mine. Start. You start because mine's better. I've got to find mine. You go first because mine's better. We'll just start with yours this week. I can't. I can't find mine. <laughs> All right. So my quote comes from. I actually heard it on another podcast. Uh, no, my quote is not "Don't eat yellow snow, Melissa." Uh, I heard on another podcast. Uh, I know some of you guys listen to Rodeo Bob Tallman. He is a world famous rodeo announcer. Been announcing here a few times. Very good guy. Very good person in general. Uh, and he was uh, referencing this, and this is what he said in reference to: He was announcing the rodeo where a uh, ranch broadcaster got killed during the performance and uh and i've also heard this said by uh i guess josh elkins he always uses it in his uh grand drive speeches uh it's kind of the same thing just worded different but basically he said uh time is the most valuable non-renewable natural resource there is we only get so much of it once we use it we can't get it back uh that thing you know and that that holds true uh you know, uh, last week's been pretty rough. Uh, we had a good family friend that got killed in a, a car wreck Saturday night. Uh, 
young. He's 25. Uh, he works for me while he was at Tarleton. Uh, we showed just damn near every weekend with him and his sister when Ashlyn was still ro- rolling pretty hot. A uh, uh, very good kid. Just a tragic accident. Uh, Travis Phillips was his name. Uh, and, and, you know, you think about something like that, and and, and it, it's true. I mean, time is uh, the most valuable non-renewable natural resource that we have. Uh, you know, all them crazy – all them crazy ragheads over the Middle East want to fight over oil, uh, and what they're doing is wasting the most valuable non-renewable natural resource there is. It's time to fight over that shit. Uh, anyway, if anybody wants to, uh, they set up a scholarship foundation for Travis. If anybody listening wants to donate, uh, you can contact the First State Bank and Trust there in uh, Carthage. And they've set up a donation for him. I think uh, probably in the next year or so, we're going to probably start a jackpot and put all that towards uh, donations. I, I know his a family friend this weekend at the funeral mentioned something to it about it. So, uh, guys, just uh, remember that, you know, time, we don't get time back. Uh, I think, you know, Elkin say minutes are worth more than money. Uh spending them wisely. Uh, so don't, uh, you know, I guess live every day like it's your last. Uh, so I know Travis told me one time, get him on the podcast. Uh, unfortunately we weren't able to, I guess this is his time to shine on the podcast. But, uh, so anyway, with that being said, talk about happy things. We got 16 inches of rain last week. That's part of the reason that we didn't record because there was four nights that I didn't get into the house till after 11 o'clock. And on top of 16 inches of rain, it was just slightly above freezing. And uh, I would rather 16 inches of snow than 16 inches of rain and slightly above freezing. We're putting out straw, you know, our salads. Or when you don't have rain for a year and a half, almost two years, your sows tend to, like, walk the fence line and they make a berm. So basically, all of my uh, salads look like little crawfish ponds. They had about four or five inches of water in them. We're out there with a tractor and sharpshooters draining them. Victor, you know, Victor's from the valley, so he doesn't do cold and wet very well because that's two things in the valley it never does. It never gets cold and very seldom gets wet. So that poor little guy looked like a little frozen brown popsicle. Uh, And, uh, Oh, you're right. It uh, it, it's it's been a, a week full of full of challenges, and a lot of us yeah. that live here in Texas and around Texas know it can go from one extreme to the other in just a matter of a couple of days. And for those that that do listen that are up north, don't like the weather, we give it a minute, it will change. Yeah, we don't have a, a given summer, fall, spring, winter. It just whatever it wants to do that week, it does. We went from almost mid nineties to uh very low thirties what in, in in a matter of a couple of days and then it, it's uh back yeah, up we, to we, we seventy today. We actually did not get a fall. We didn't get a fall. We got mm-hmm. summer, we got winter, and guess what? It's back to summer today, eighty degrees. Yeah. Uh, and that and that, you know, you of course you're in San Angelo hunting. You're, you're, yeah. you're dearly this week. 
And uh, 80 degrees is not ideal deer hunting weather because they're just out chilling. They're not looking for a meal. Right. But, uh, you know, and I'm sitting down here in Sulphur, Louisiana, and I'm looking out the window, and I, there's a pool out there, and I feel like, you know, if I had a, go get in it. a pair of shorts, we'd go jump in it, you know. Uh, and this kind of weather also is not great for your pigs. And no. we're about a week away from when that first stuff hit there in, in central Texas. And it hit from pretty much I-10 and went northeast. So if you're in that area and you got that rain and it dropped down that low, you need to keep an eye on your pigs starting now. Any any livestock, any livestock you have, because it's you know most of the time three to five days to a week is when that stuff really takes effect. What you know yeah. when you start seeing, uh, I guess you know in the cattle business, uh, you know these guys that turn out yearlings, they call it October because they know you know they're gonna have to spend the, the whole month of October doctor and shit. So uh, I would say. Keep a close eye on what you got in the pig barn, show barn. Uh, first of all, we don't, you know, we don't ever want any of our livestock to get sick and die uh, because it's our responsibility as, you know, the superior, you know, being there to make sure that they don't get sick and die. Also, it's November 4th. Your pig gets sick and dies. You're probably going to be without a pig because there ain't a whole lot of options left to go get one. So, Not a lot of options. Uh, <laughs> Validation's coming uh, up quick. Yep. So that that's kind of the way that thing uh, that thing goes there. And like I said, I, I apologize. I uh, had a few people text me and say, hey, what's the deal? You quit the podcast? No, I ain't quit nothing in my life. I, well, <laughs> I quit I quit a diet like 14 times. I did quit a diet. The, but other than that, I haven't quit nothing. No, it just it's just life. Uh, we've been we all been busy, but like you like you was talking about earlier, it, it's all about time and how you spend it. You know, a bunch of that time's been out in the pig barn or doctoring animals or getting ready for a jackpot or at a jackpot or coming home. And uh, you know, we like to do one of these every week, but sometimes life, you know, sometimes uh, life, and, and that's how it is. Until you win the lotto and share it with me, or or I win the lotto and share it with you, we got priorities and uh. We'll fit the podcast in in between in between them big jobs. <laughs> On another note, uh, I recently contacted the Department of Justice, and I'm going to gather up all the cold pigs that didn't make show pigs, and we're going to put them on a jet, and we're going to drop them over the Gaza Strip. That's going to freak them out. That is going to freak them out. out. Have some bacon, you crazy sons of bitches. <laughs> they are still gonna starve to death. Uh, Cole, I really hope that uh, you know. I hope all this Hamas stuff and and everything kind of takes care of itself. It it's crazy. We live in a world nowadays that that you got to be extra careful when you go to somewhere like the Dallas State Fair, or, you know, a major entity to where there's uh, major crowds State of people. And, Hold on. Well, yeah, it's I'm in Texas State, State Fair, Fair in Texas Dallas. in Dallas. Yes. And 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 you just got to be on the heightened awareness, especially with all the kids around. You know it. All right, Cole. And I guess you know, talking about all the weather, that takes us right into our main topic today. You're gonna call it starting at the bottom. You know, with it being hot and cold and wet and dry. Uh, we we've talked about how to care for pigs and how to get ready for shows, but now that some of these sales are over and 
you know, everybody's got their specifics on how they how they pick their animals and and get ready for for the season. Thought it might be a good idea to kind of start with some of the things that you might look at or or the majority of, of people that pick the pigs might look at and and that's going to be the foot and foundation. So yeah, based on your knowledge, what are some what is some of the general knowledge you want to look for? whenever you start looking at, at babies, whenever it comes to feet and bone? Uh, I mean, obviously, when I'm looking at them, uh, I look at a few things. Uh, I look at pasture and strength uh, because not every judge is going to discount one for having being a little softer footed, but that one judge you're going to run across is just going to hammer the piss out of uh, if you don't like them, you don't like them. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of them. So we try to look at pasture strength, uh, both front and rear. Uh, I look at squareness uh, coming, squareness going. When, uh, when you say when you, you say pasture, I, when you say pasture strength, um, maybe without giving up too much of your information, what well, what is pasture strength? strength what, I, I mean, don't want is, the, is it? I don't want is the it, dude calls in the dirt. Is it mass? Is it size? Is it length? Mostly length. I mean, length of pastures. I mean, uh, and typically, typically like longer pasture, you know, like kind of flatter, softer footed ones are typically, that typically comes, it typically goes hand in hand with bigger boned animals. So when you look at one of these things, it's like really, really, really big legged. Uh, you kind of have to look at the pastures. Because I, you don't see very often. I mean, it does happen, but you very rarely see a frail one that's flat-footed. And when you do, that's 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 genetics, right? They're perfect genetics to get a frail, flat-footed one. And so every now and then you'll see a frail, flat-footed one that's bow-legged with no ass, and that is really a genetic masterpiece. Uh, but basically, pasterns, you just look at length of pasterns. Uh, you don't want their dew claws, you know, touching the ground. Uh, because if if they're kind of starting to break down as a baby, bigger they get, the worse they're gonna get. I mean, they're you know, and uh, you can get along with ones that are a little broke down in their pastures at uh, San Angelo, San Antonio, where they show on four or five inches of pellet shavings. You get to like Houston, Austin. Fort Worth, where they show on dirt, it's a little harder that they don't rake very often. Uh, you kind of want to make sure your pasterns are right where they're set. And, and probably, I'm going to say, uh, OIE as well. I haven't been up there in a while. Last time I was up there, I think they showed on just regular arena dirt. So it's a little more harder and compact. So uh, I just think pasture strength is, is a good place to start. Pasture strength and squareness of front feet, rear legs, squareness of chest. Things like that. Uh, that's going to get you far, far, uh, you know. And uh, when when I say squareness, uh, when they come at you, like you want them square chested, uh, but you want them with a big square with a big chest floor. Big chest floor. You want square at their knees because some of these hogs can't get a little in their knees. Uh, we've all bought one. We've all shown one uh, that's been. At their knees, and sometimes, and and 
the 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 cool thing about pigs, I I don't, I don't know that it's cool. Like you can buy one that's just nearly perfect structured, and in two weeks you're scratching your head wondering why he bought this bow legged piece of shit because it happens. Uh, and I think that's where the allure is to pigs. With a lot of people is it's, it's kind of like a a gamble almost like. You know, you buy a sheep or go to steer, you spend a lot of money on it. There's not there's not a lot of other factors in there. I mean that you feed the thing's gonna feed like you buy a thirty thousand dollar goat in May. When you get ready to show that goat in January, that's still a high quality animal. The, the, you basically know, the only thing are, basically the only thing that you really gotta be scared of whenever you buy a different species that, that that you buy foundation on is is maybe a sickness or or, or making it full term that their their foundation doesn't change like that like yeah, the pigs yeah, that's yeah. what you're saying I mean, as a whole as a whole they're not, not going to change just a whole lot uh pigs there's a lot of variables in there and i guess that's why i'm drawn to them it's like a gamble uh you know we live in texas casinos are not legal in texas so we blow money on pigs and gamble, roll the dice, uh, you know. And, and I've seen pigs that I thought were incredible, and I thought their structure was incredible. And then you see them a month later, and it's just all all going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, it happens. But I think if you start by looking at those things, you know, or you you know, and, and we're getting to the point where, you know, they're going to be jackpots. So you're going to hear some judges say, you know, we need to square it up in their knee. And obviously that's going to be, you know, when they're wide chest, when they're wide chested and they go down and their knee kind of comes in a little bit, which happens. Okay. Uh, that, you know, squareness in the knee. And, and there's not, you know, there's not a lot you can do physically to that pig with they go in at their knee. There's just not a lot. I mean, as they get bigger, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of times uh, these pigs want to roll in their front feet. Uh, sometimes that's genetic. Uh, I think like spots is pretty genetic, pretty pretty bad genetically on spots. There's quite a few that will roll in their front feet. Uh, a lot of times it can be controlled by feed. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, you have to kind of trim their feet and, and make their front feet a little more square and it'll straighten up. So, uh, you know, you're going to hear things like that, like, uh, you know, they're in at their knee, they want to roll, uh, they want to roll uh, on their front feet, you know, rear-legged, you know, they might say that they're a little straighter hawk, which means they don't have enough set to their hawk. Uh, and then, and then uh, or as some people say, they're not bendy hawked, you know, which don't matter to me, it's still the same thing. So, they're a little, you know, they don't have enough set to their hawk, Uh you might hear them say they want to roll out of their hawk a little bit, which is another thing. Sometimes it be controlled by feet. We slow down the intake. We slow down the protein, uh, put them outside, uh, let them shiver a little bit. Sometimes, a lot of times that rolling out of the hawk has to do with them maybe having too much going away. Like they've got too much rear end going away. So you need to kind of maybe control that. But, you know, we're at a point there. There's a lot of people out there that are good at trimming feet. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with trimming feet. Uh, we trim feet on horses. We trim feet on cattle. We trim feet on sheep. We trim feet on goats. Uh, llamas, alpacas is part. It's actually just part of overall health and animal husbandry. Uh, sometimes the only difference so, is the way pigs are. 
you've got to you've got to knock them out because you can't just pick up their feet or lift them over. I mean, they're you can't really control them like that. So anybody that says trimming feet's unethical, they're stupid, full of shit. Uh, so so we'll trim- we'll actually get to the uh, trim- we'll actually you click get your- to the. I clip mine sometimes. You clip your thumbnail. Right. And, and I clip mine. I clip and mine. Sometimes, sometimes I have the lady I clip mine once a year. I clip mine once a year, whether they need it or not. <laughs> we're actually, that's we're one off. of my, foot care is actually one of my bullet points that we're going to get to. But I want to hop back a little bit. I want to ask you, in your opinion, you judge quite a bit. You see a bunch of hogs. You see a bunch of hogs that are judged. And it doesn't matter. Bears are guilts. How important are feet to you? Whenever you important. say feet, talking about feet, the way they hit the ground, you know, all the way up to the underline from that part down. What what do you believe is the percentage is judged on on just that part? I mean, me, it's a large percentage. I mean, you look at them, you got to start the ground and go up. You got to have a good foundation. Uh, you know, and then you got to have like big bones. But there's a difference between and then big flat bone. I mean, the ones that are truly elite, the ones that win it, they're flat bone and they're good jointed. Uh, there's a lot of baby pigs that look really big legged, and they are. They are big legged, but they're a little coarser jointed. Uh, when I say coarser jointed, like, they may not ever have like a swollen hawk, but they're just hawks are a little bigger naturally because they're just a little coarser bone. They're a little coarser jointed. Uh, they're not that flat, smoother bone, which is, I guess, ideally uh, what what we all strive for. And that's, you know, the, the elite ones that went at the high levels, they are big, flat bone, smooth jointed animals. When When you're looking at a pig, and you think one's kind of close, and, and and I got some different bullet points to kind of break this out too. Um, but when you're looking at one, and, and it's jackpot age, you know you, you've made your decision, you've got it, you've got it home, you're feeding it. When you're looking at it, what helps make you decision and saying, you know what, we can move forward with this one and keep showing it, or this one just ain't got what it's going to take. Let's get her out to Broken O and ship her. Uh, well, I mean, is it the overall uh, package, or is it, or is it just pieces that you that you may not like or, or have experience that's not going to well, get better? Well, and, and, and I and I I'm different, you know, like on a you know. Uh, you know, from a guilt standpoint, I mean, there may be some guilts. Like I've, you know, I bought plenty of guilts for having a jackpot that were maybe not like a number one show guilt because they had a hole or two here or there. But maybe I bought them for an extreme piece that I like that maybe I was missing in my herd. So, you know, I guess if you're just like a jackpotter, you're just you're just showing them, uh, you know, on the guilt side of things. You got to look at what's the end point. Like, is this end point to go to like a junior guilt show that has a sale that you can maybe slide this one in there with its extreme piece, you know, in third place. And that thing might bring, it might be the high seller, you know, because it has 
those pieces that are extreme that someone is looking for. Uh, as a breeding, you know, breeding stock kind of person, uh, sometimes those third place ones are the ones that we need, you need in your herd. But if you just got one and you're going to go to Fort Worth, San Antonio, Houston, the Guild Show, uh, and, and it's got this extreme piece, but it's got a couple of holes, uh, that doesn't mean ship it, but it means be okay with being third place and knowing that you have an, an elite animal in some areas, but it does have a hole. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm never going to tell someone to ship their pig based on a couple of jackpots. I mean, we've, there's been plenty of times that we've, I mean, that we've jackpotted pigs that, that got gated and they win their county as mature hogs or they make the sale or win a class, you know, uh, or the jackpot right now in Brownwood. I was just, matter of fact, looking last year. Your kids had two pigs there that were both last in their class and both of those guilts won a class at a major yep. show. Yep. So I'm never going to tell a kid to ship up. Now, now, if I look at it, I'm like, man, I think it's got some problems. I mean, like, I, you know, if we need to look at it, we will. But I, I say never ship your pig based on the opinion of a few jackpot judges because, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's a growing thing. Uh, sometimes, honestly, you may you may just have a pig that is very complete, nice, balanced, not messed up anywhere. Uh, those pigs are going to take you to the pay window eventually. Uh, because all these little cute jacked up ones that are winning early are never going to make it to the big rank. Uh, so, and, uh, you know, and, and so there's some people that just need, they say, hey, you know, we got room for five pigs. We need to yeah. buy five pigs that we can take all the way to a major show. Uh, I don't have room to gamble. Okay, I don't want to gamble and fill a hole with one that might make it. I've got to fill them with five pigs that are fault free, and we understand now that we're never gonna, you know, we may never win a jackpot, but we understand that we're probably gonna be right where we need to be in the spring. Right. When when you so. when you when you are looking at feet and legs and bone, what gets you to the point? for that particular animal to say that's going to be enough or that's not enough or that's way too much. Is there, is there, is there, a, of course there's always enough. Is there ever too much? Too much bone, too much bone, too much just mass. No, not, I think not so. Unless it's, it's laid in. It, it, not unless it's laid in. Right, yeah. If it's laid in right and it's smooth and it doesn't impede their movement, yeah, never too much bone. Uh, ask a boar stud if there's a, such thing as one that's too big legged, they'll tell you, no way in hell is there one that's such thing as one that's too big legged. Well, let me let me skip down a couple of my questions. Uh, now, right I, here. I will tell you that I think, I think from a breeding standpoint, there are certain types of bone that breed on like I think the big flat bones smooth jointed ones are a little more consistent in what they what they throw uh, as far as you know sire or, or the or the dam like I think uh I think the big 
round little coarser ones that are still the good and big legged. I think there's a little more inconsistency with the bone. Uh, yeah. And I could be off base. I mean, there's guys out there that have been doing this longer than me on a bigger scale than me. I'm just telling you from my personal experience, what I think is, you know, from a breeding standpoint, the big flat bone, smooth jointed ones tend to be a little more consistent in the amount and type of bone they throw than the kind of coarser ones. Well, let, let me ask you this to, to, to keep going on with our subject. Uh, several years back, you know, when you look at pictures from the late 90s, early 2000s, I say several years, it don't seem like it's that long. It's been 20 years. Uh, pigs were much more frailer or more frail. Why Why has bone and, and foot composition become so important in the breeding industry and, and show industry? You know, I, I never did understand why we had them so frail. Uh, I mean, it's just like – they're a performance athlete. I mean, just like a horse, a racehorse, uh, anything. I mean, like uh, they're a performance athlete. Uh, I think longevity-wise, uh, I mean, here, look here, okay? I weigh 370 pounds. Uh, I have issues because, and I'm not frail. Like, I'm not frail. I have big-ass feet. I have big-ass legs. I'm not frail. I can only imagine if I was 370 pounds and I had feet and legs the size of Holt or something. <laughs> I mean, I'd be miserable. Uh, I just think that, you know, getting these things to a bigger weight, uh, they need to be bigger bone. They need to be able to carry that bigger weight. Uh, you know, back then, our top weight at mostly shows was 260. Uh Think, I think, and, 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 and breeding breed cycles, two seventy, I think, and now we're wanting an older pig. Uh, you know, like then where it was pretty common to show pigs at five, five and a half, six months old, uh, yeah. like very common, and and so two sixty, two seventy is you can be a little frailer. You know, yeah. but now our top weight's 300 plus 10, so we have 310 pounds. The bottom weight is 250. So our bottom weight is 10 pounds under what our top weight used to be. So we used to be like 220 to 260, and then we bumped up to 230 to 270. Uh, and then we bumped up 240 to 280, and now we're 250 to 300. So, uh, and I don't know that if we moved the weights because we moved the style of pigs or we moved the style of pigs because we moved the weights. I don't know. Uh, this this show deal is just kind of like anything else. Uh, it, it's trending on what, what the big dogs in the industry have got, uh, what they think we need to be at, where they think we need to be at. Uh, so I don't know. Well, that, kind of that was that was my question on that. Is is it so important now because those show ages are so much older and they breed them earlier and, and you have to carry them longer, so they just want a more complete package? If you're going to have an older, more beefed up animal, well, I think the show ages are actually older because we tried to go to a bigger boned animal, and you know, initially that was probably maturity was the best way to get bigger bone and I think that's actually probably why 
the show weights have moved up uh, because of that. Uh, and I mean, those show weights are high. Very seldom do we show one that's 310 pounds. I mean, it's just we show a lot, a lot of weight loss. We do personally. Uh, we just our bear, you know, our bears don't don't grow as don't grow as fast. We don't we don't really match on them, and, and we don't feed a lot of them real old ones because uh, I mean, honestly. Can't afford them. We gotta wait. We gotta wait a month to start buying our bears before we can get get them down there from working man can afford. But let me ask you this: um, when you're looking at a at a baby, saying one that that you're looking to purchase for your shows that age, and and you feel like one's got enough mass to to fit your desires and such, what? Not, I don't know if there's a number on it or not, just me thinking out loud. What kind of expectation can you see as far as growth from those legs, bones, foot, however you want to phrase it? Can you can you expect over that pig's span, you know, as you get ready to show? Is there any man, way to know that that'll stay consistent with what you're looking at? Man, pigs are so wildly inconsistent across the board. It's... It, you know, and you know, I a lot of some people may not agree with me, but I think a lot of ones, I mean, a lot of people will like they're wildly inconsistent uh, in their growth. Uh, just ranges. I've I've had litters of pigs that every one of them ate, you know, the same every day. None of them got sick. We get to show there's three litter mates, and there's 50, 60 pounds between them, and they've all had essentially the same. The same, the same kind of feed, same amount of feed, same sort of environment. Uh, I just, if I, yeah, man, I, I just can't. It's hard, so hard to predict, you know. Uh, and I've had pigs that were big boned as babies, and they grew out of it. And I've had pigs that were maybe average as babies, and their bone matured with them. I think more of that is kind of knowing the genetics in the sow. because I've got a couple of sows. They will throw just average bone baby pigs, but as the pigs grow, the bone matures, and by the time they get to their fighting weight, uh, they are actually pretty heavily structured, pretty you know, pretty big legs. So, let me uh, let me ask you this, and and we'll keep on this topic and and knock this one out. When when you're looking at cross it cross breeds, and then you're looking at purebreds, whether it's Burks, Yorks. Uh, how we even throw Herefords in there? Are there different expectations that people can can expect for different breeds whenever it comes Absolutely. to how Absolutely. big and how massive they can be? Absolutely. Uh, you know, you're, you're a lot of times your purebred breeds are not going to be. Uh, you know, they're going to be not maybe as like abnormally large legged as some of the crossbreds because there's more consistency in the entire pig. Uh, you know, their ox are typically going to be bigger legged. Uh, but, yeah. So it's just kind of understanding the breed as well and knowing where your expectations the breed, obviously, are. Obviously, a Hereford, Poland, they're not going to be crossbred legged. 
Right. They might be cross bred, but they're not going to be cross bred. I mean, no matter what are, the papers say. <laughs> if they are, they're going to be worth a shit load of money. Uh, but yeah. All right, so yes, you got it. You got to know, uh, you know, the consistency of the breed and things like that. So yes, uh, there are certain breeds that are just, you know, and it's kind of hard. And you know, like if you're trying to sell one of those things to a crossbred guy, and I'm like, oh man, looks a little brown. Like, well, yeah, compared to a crossbred, but the thing they actually got pretty big legs for for the breed and kind of hog it is. It's important to understand what you're looking at. Yeah. So no, no, know what is good for a Chester, what is small for a Chester, know what's good for a cross and what, what's not acceptable. So yeah. I want to stay with with you know the lower limbs and everything and change gears a little bit. Uh we talked at the first of the podcast. We're getting a bunch of rain. Sometimes it's muddy outside, it's been dry all summer. Foot care. When when I was rodeoing, and probably you know a lot of people still know, you can have the best animal possible. It looks great. You were a bulldogger. You know shit about taking care of a horse. I did. That's that's why I understand one. Um, and but you know aesthetically they can look good. Long tail, long mane. You know coat looking great. But if they can't travel, they're no good to nobody. So, so you're gonna find. A lot of issues with your pigs. A lot of your pigs that get lame, it's a pad issue. Uh, pigs are not like horses, cattle, sheep, goats. They don't have a hard hoof. They have a pad, essentially like a dog or a cat. Uh, a little strange, I know. But if you don't know a lot about pigs, there you go. So when you pick up a pig's foot, there is a soft pad. It is just like the ball of your hand by your thumb. I mean, obviously, it's a little harder than that, but it is a soft pad. Uh, these things stand in water too much, too much mud, anything like that, that can get soft. So I think daily foot care is pretty good, or maybe not even daily, like weekly, bi-weekly. Just go in there, make sure their pads are not too soft. Uh, if they are, you put things on them like copper docks, turpentine, hoof and heel. There's a ton of products in they're made for horses or men. There's some for pigs or general livestock that you can put on there to help that. Uh, you know, we had one this summer. Uh, it's so damn hot. He liked to flood his pen. I mean, it didn't matter. You clean his pen tonight. You feed more and that some bitch is completely wet. Well, he he got his feet got a little, they got sore. They got soft. They got sore in between his front toe, in between his toes. Got a little raw, a little tender. Got to do, you know, we got him to state fair. We had to do a lot of stuff with him to kind of help that. Uh, so I think paying close attention to your pig's feet, a little daily care, lay them down once a week, check them. Uh, you know, and when people call me and say, my pig's limping, my number one thing is have you checked their pads? Because nine times out of ten, it is a pad issue. There's a torn pad, there's a cracked hoof things like that. So uh, it, it, those are easy fixes. Uh, I'm not going to say that they're great or permanent fixes, but you can typically fix torn pad, a cracked hoof. You fix those fairly easy. Even if you're at a show, you can still fix them uh, totally legally, you know, with no drugs or anything like that. It's plenty of totally legal ways to fix those. Uh, but yes, daily foot care is important. Uh, so what, what, would, what, 
what would be some some home care alternatives for feet whenever you you have one on concrete they might get a little soft is like maybe turn them to an outside pin on dirt an option or or vice versa or what yes sometimes uh sometimes sometimes just a clean dry pin uh a lot of times if you keep them on concrete uh enough their pads get a little harder and, and used to it uh my big issue is if you don't have an insulated barn and it gets cold uh when they're standing there eating they can blister their pads if it's super cold so uh you know we don't have we're, we're not going to have that issue more than about 10 days a year down here and sometimes that's really not even an issue then but i mean try to keep like when it gets cold try to keep a few shavings to stand on in the front of the pen so we don't you know, we don't blister our pads because that cold ass concrete sometimes is worse than super hot concrete. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, I'll be the first to tell you. I, we, and I'm an advocate. If you've got a place to kick them outside, let them be in the dirt. I think that's going to help them too. Uh, but you know, sometimes I guess you just got to play every, every, you know, just play it by ear on, on every pig, you know I mean? So yeah, every pig, you can treat them all a little different. I mean, well, well, them inside, fine. well that, well, that, that's what I was going to say is every pig is different too. We had a couple this year that we battled some foot issues with one had a, you know, a real small cracked hoof and, um, did we lose and, and you know, and she was damn near crippled. And then I had another one. They had a crack from from the pad all the way up to the hairline, and she never took a lame step, you know. So again, like we always talk about, pay attention to your animals, know what you're dealing with, um, and be aware of what what actually is going on. Yes, um, Cole, we talked a little bit a while ago. Um, we're in different areas, so connections is still kind of kind of tough. Uh-huh. Uh, you talked about trimming trimming some pigs' feet. Uh, some people don't like it. Some people think it's this, that, whatever. I, I'm with the theory like you are. Uh, you know, if a horse needs a hoof trim, you got to trim them. Same way with cows and everything else. Uh, these are animals, and they need care. When, whatever I would, care I would say there's probably not one single show steer that goes to the ring that hasn't been somewhere and had its feet trimmed. Right. Your percentage of pigs that have not had their feet ever trimmed are ten times higher than cattle. Because I would say, and I'm not saying every one of them, but that, there's probably very, very, very few cattle that go to a show ring that haven't ever been put in a trim sheet and worked on. She can go tell us she can go. You can pick their feet up and trim them at the show. It's just that easy. Yeah. Uh, you know. Now the epoxy sometimes is frowned upon, and and well, I mean, I say sometimes at the show. Damn sure frowned upon. If they catch you, they'll kick you out. But uh, sometimes that's a necessary evil as well. So, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes it's like, uh, you know, you may have a pig, you know, maybe they get stepped on in a crate. Sow steps on them, maybe rips their outside toe off. So the pig's fine. It's sound. It travels well. It's growing well. Uh, why not make that pig a toe like, help fix that pig a toe where that toe grows properly and the pig's never pig never takes a lame step you never know any different you know yeah uh just things like that yeah well i think for uh for us being split as far as we are you over in louisiana me 
dang near New Mexico. Uh, I think the old podcast turned out pretty good, you know, despite. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. So, service and everything else. I'd still like to get, I'd still like to do another one, you know, this Absolutely. week. You know, when I miss a week, I feel like, I feel like uh, we need to drop two in a week. I, I just feel like the world deserves to hear from us twice in a week. I think so. I feel like <laughs> if we if we don't get information out there, I feel like we let them down. Now that the World Series is over, maybe we can get Chumley back on there. It seemed like every time we tried to get him on, he was at a Rangers game with his dad or Cowboys in, which is – that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome that he does that. No, not yeah. not everybody has that opportunity to spend that kind of quality time with their dad. So props to you, Chum. Uh, so we got a couple Question more special eight. guests we might try to get on. Huh? We're doing question and answer. We got somebody coming on. No, come on. What you got? Question and answer. Now, I received this uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, right before we had our little break and and went into the to the busy time. This actually comes uh, from the email. This comes from Eleanor, and we've answered this question in the past. But talking about feet and hoof care, uh, I think it's all right. We answer it again. Uh, she asked, uh, wondering how often and or long do you walk your pigs each day? Thanks in advance. Love the podcast. Uh, I say early on, just walk them enough to where they like it and they like you. Uh, as the as the age of size of the pig progresses, we need to naturally get them to go a little longer. But, you know, right now, you know, a lot of people are still kind of in that gaining trust mode. And if your pig can go five, ten minutes, I think that's plenty right now. Uh, but I think after Thanksgiving, those things need to be able to go 15, 20 minutes pretty easy. So, You know, and, and I see on some of these social media sites, uh, people comment, can't get my pig's head up, uh, what to do, my pig's running off, can't get her to slow down or him to slow down, what we've talked about that before too just different alternatives to, to gaining control of, of those animals whether it be yeah. utilizing two whips uh starting out in a smaller ring two whips uh you know if you got access to like a, a weedy area sometimes them guys will run them pigs through like some tall grass so they have to put their head up uh, there's just a number of things that's more probably a question you know again get Ashlyn and Zoe or Zoe on here uh, eventually again. And maybe we can uh, answer a few of those questions. I, honestly, whip-breaking pigs is not my forte. I'm too fat. I have a short temper. Uh, that's not I, it's not my forte. I enjoy looking at them after their wet broke. Uh, before their wet broke, I'm not able to look at them in a pen. But that, uh, that in between. <laughs> God didn't bless me with patience to deal with a dumb pig. Uh, uh, but uh, Mr. Reeves will take uh, a four-month-old pig, five-month-old pig, uh, maybe a Chester that's not been whipped broke, and he will place it. I know, I know that for a fact. <laughs> I think he believes in some people. And I, I, I said you will take one of them older Chesters and go ahead and place them in a family's home that has never seen a whip. Um, Good animals take uh, a lot of care. Sometimes you gotta gotta work with them a little a little more than the others. 
Cole, did you have any questions uh, that came to you? No, nobody likes me. The only questions okay. I had was, are you going to do a podcast, you fat, lazy piece of crap? Hey, and I, then, and a, I was like, I, Melissa, that's, I said, Melissa, that's no way to talk to your husband. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, before the baby, she had reasons to be grouchy. Now it's all rainbows and butterflies. She should all be the rainbows lark. Yeah, because yeah, I. Hey, I'm doing my sitting. I'm doing my dad duty. I get the baby. I feed it at midnight, and I try to sleep on the couch with it till about three thirty when it wakes up again to eat. And then it's then Melissa can take take it from there. I try to give Melissa decent night's sleep. So, well, that's that's awesome, dude. Maybe, uh, baby's getting better. She's getting her sleep schedule down. So, I don't well, know if you want to actually whittle my phone battery down while it's plugged in from. Fifty percent to eighteen percent. So let, let me ask this one last question before what? we go. What? Uh, most everybody has pigs in their barn. They're jackpotting them, yada yada yada. Some people are fixing to start making some cuts, getting ready to ship them. Any suggestions? On where to ship them? When to ship them? Where to ship them? Juan. 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 What? Ship one to one. I don't know. Put them on Facebook Marketplace. All right, dude. Uh, have yeah, New week. Year's is right around the corner. A lot of people want to cook a whole pig for New Year's. I'm actually down here. Uh, last night we went. I'm not in the wedding, but we went to the rehearsal dinner afterwards, and they cooked a, uh, a couchon pig, which is, uh, I guess they said the pig weighed 97 pounds. So basically. Uh, normal parts of the country would call that a roaster, but here they call it a couchon pig, and they cook it over a – they roll it over a spit for, I don't know, we say started at 11.30. So we did that a lot growing up. But growing up, we'd dig a hole, and we'd have to hand flip them and stuff like that, and then everybody, everybody – you know, take four or five men to do a couchon pig back in the day, uh, and they'd all get drunk because they'd sit around there and have to wait to flip the pig for a couple hours. Uh <laughs> Well, nothing to do with hydrate. Roast them, couchon, whatever you want to do to them. Uh, hey, you know if they get big, if they get if they get past January, and you're close, Central Texas, and call my neighbor there, Broken O. He'll get them killed right up for you. He'll take care of it. Uh, this is not a paid ad. I just like to, I just like to throw my buddies a bone every now and then. So. Hey, I want to wrap this one up. Um, Broken O is great. We've got some meat processed there before. Uh, enjoyed it. But one last step. We'll go back all the way to the beginning. You were just talking about when you were growing up. You know, I used to do those pigs and and everything. You know, through through this industry, we've already met a lot of great people. And uh, I don't know if it wasn't for the pigs that we would have met. You and Melissa, we wouldn't have met some of the other friends that we're really close with now. But uh, – Oh, let me no, 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 no. I, I think it's time that that you know we oh. all as a whole like 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 you, like you're your wise. Listen, listen, hold listen. On. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Hold on, hold on. That we slow all right, down. All right. Well then, okay, okay. That we slow down and and start enjoying each other again and you break and enjoying what we're doing. Um, uh, you know how how many friends do you have today that you wouldn't have met? Or that you wouldn't have that you've met through our industry. Two, Probably a ton of them. Two. <laughs> two, two, two. I have two friends that 
that I, I that aren't from show and pigs. But but you know, your wife and my wife went to college together. Yes. So they would have known each other. Yeah, we, we knew, we we knew of the Reeves. When Holt was in third grade, I sent, I sent Andy a message that says, hey. I was trying to keep you from this. And she said, no, Meg said he doesn't want any pigs. I said, okay. And two years ago, I said, hey, let me give you some pigs. And she said, no, Luke said no. And then I see on Facebook that you got pigs. And I was like, well, that's not that's not cool. But it's okay. It's okay. My, have we come a long I forget. way. I forget. No, I forgive. I forgive. I don't forget. No, he does not forget. He does not forget. Twice a week, <laughs> every week, whether we need to or not. Uh, well, as it was great to be on here uh, again. I always love uh, love talking to the public. Uh, I have a face meant for radio and podcast. Uh, it sounds spotty. It's because Luke looks like he's in a cheesy. Are you the end of the tonchos? Are you the end of the tonchos? That looks like rough motel. I stayed there before. Where is that? I'm at a. Uh, Are you the I'm at Wood Spring Suites. Oh, okay. Wood Spring Suites. Is that Alpha for Bryant? Uh, it's right next to Olive Garden. Oh yeah. Okay. It's a little bit. Wood Spring Suites. That. Nah, these ain't too bad. This is pretty good. I think we're, I, I think we're both breaking up a little bit. Yeah. Cole, you have a good rest well, of the weekend, my man. I will, man. We'll see you. Y'all I'll be, be safe on your way home tomorrow evening, and uh, I guess we'll get back at it. Try to get one recorded. Uh, I don't know, maybe Monday. I, I don't know. I go to my school Monday. So maybe oh, I'm get one. We do have merchandise that came in this week. Uh, we've got a bunch yeah. of hoodies and some hats that we're going to put up on the site for sale. Um, and we will get those taken care of first part of next week. To everybody okay, listening. So I got to pay this week. Yeah, everybody's listening. Go ahead. What did you say? Sorry to tell you this. My cousin gave me a hat. It's like a, it's a wedding hat, I guess. I don't know. He had a bunch of paint. So there's a snapback that is also a flex fit. And I'm telling you, it fits my jug head better than anything. Oh, I got your cousin? got to figure it out. Huh? Your cousin? My cousin. He made some hats. They were snapbacks. Oh. They were flex, they were flex fits. So you put them on, you snap them in your head. You know, sometimes you get that snap and... Me, I got, I'm on that last button, right? So I'm kind of, it looks like uh, the back of my head looks like a can of biscuits about to blow up, uh, especially when I get my hair cut short. So I put it on the second one and I put it on my head and just slid it down. And I'm telling you, the hat felt like it was made directly by Jesus Christ himself. It fit me so perfect. So I got to figure out what brand hats those are because I know we got some fat headed listeners that could use a hat like that. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Cole, enjoy your wedding. Why did you, I'm gonna go. Why did you, you laugh so hard when I said my hat looks like a can of biscuits about ready to blow up when I put what it on? Looks like. Fat heads can laugh at fat heads. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy your wedding. We're gonna go enjoy some deer hunting, dude. 
And uh, we will be back with y'all next week. Adios. All right. Bye. Later.